Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Sir, Sir Real Gerald Quinn, eight, episode 828. Uh, as always, I'm joined by one Robert Sapp. How you doing, Mr. Sapp? Oh, I'm doing really good. Glad to be here. Talk some sports. Yeah, we do. Uh, we are, you know, right in the middle of the NBA playoffs. Uh, yeah, recent second uh semifinals uh you know like we we mentioned before this is the round that really you know separates the 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 pretenders are done the pretenders are gone now we're gonna see what the contenders are looking like and last night um we saw a couple of teams get even up their series uh the home teams got you know even up even things up uh boston and uh of course memphis of course memphis had you know a much more difficult time Certainly in Boston. Um, just to get on, uh, in terms of Boston, right? So I wasn't surprised by the, the game. Um, wasn't surprised by the the outcome in the Boston game. That's a, this is a classic, you know, game. It's a classic. It's a classic game too, and where the home team loses. So home team loses in game one. They get punched in the mouth. Come out game two, desperate. Milwaukee's already done his job. Let's go back to Milwaukee one one, yep. and 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 see where we uh, go from here. A um, couple of things have jumped out, have jumped out so far. Uh, you have Boston first two games have attempted ninety three three point shots. Um, Giannis is shooting thirty eight percent from the field for the series, twenty seven percent against Al Horford. Horford's held him in six of twenty two when he's guarding them. Um. And you have both teams really offensively have been limited. Um, neither like both neither one neither has been great offensively as in, in terms of in terms of being consistent. You know, Boston was bad in game one. Milwaukee was bad in game two. Uh, what are your, some of your thoughts that you've seen from these first two games? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I agree with pretty much everything that that you said. I just looked at last game with. Mark, like when when I heard the news that Marcus Smart was going to be out, all types of really bad and negative thoughts started running through my head. I definitely was thinking, I definitely started thinking sweep. Right. Um. Uh. And so I was very excited to see that um, Milwaukee had predetermined that they were good with that yep. first win. Yeah. I, I was very because you're actually right. And if Marcus Mark had been there, this it would have been one thousand percent the prototypical um, uh, game, just as you described. So I think it just for last game, I think Milwaukee led an opportunity to compete because they didn't even try to compete the first half. Yeah, compete. first half. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, yeah, it just did by the, and that by that time it was gone. It was gone. Um, yeah. Uh, I knew about it when it was like 38. Like whenever that time I was 38, I was like, okay, this game is over. Yeah. Um, M- Milwaukee's predetermined this one. Um, and so, and so, um, that that that's my only complaint in terms of the series overall. Um, I just think that uh, what we are seeing is um, two teams that are defensive stalwarts and. Um, the that the offenses are going to struggle to keep up with the adjustments that each team is making defensively. 
which is going to make for a fascinating series, but kind of like in the reverse of what we're what we're used to. Because I mean, like I talked about this a lot after the game lost, the game one loss by the Celtics, um, and the amount of shots and what type of shots that they were putting up, or what type of shots they were putting up more specifically. And um, I just couldn't find a lot of adjustments that were going to need to be made other than they just have to make shots in order to loosen up that middle, right? Like, they just have to make shots. Um, And with uh, Boston, because of the way that kind of, like, things have fallen, Chris Middleton not being there, everything like that, they, they have a similar idea in mind. Different team, different skill sets, all that. But, um... We like because of the defensive prowess that they have, the 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 um the longer the Williams and Horford, the Giannis stopper. I joke, um, sure. uh, in my in my head, but but in terms of like just like the amount of long bodies that we can throw at Giannis for a full game is make his life as challenging as possible. And you know, if the others beat you, so be it. They, you know, if Holiday gets 45, then Holiday gets 45 and they win. Um, so it's 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 why I was listening to a bunch of different NBA podcasts, and I know that'll be an NBA player podcast. I know that'll be a topic a little bit later on, but um, one of the things that they were consistently saying about the times that you get in the playoffs, especially later in the playoffs and deeper in rounds and series, is what we all um, innately know. Um, is that uh, it becomes way less about the X's and O's and just about the the fundamentals of just what is needed to win extra plays, loose balls, turnovers, um, and making, making the shots and inbounding. I mean, just just all the di- all the different all the different things like that. And I think in this case, it really is as simple as. If the Celtics are going to win this series, then they're going to have to shoot well in order to loosen up that paint enough so that there are other options going on. Now, with that being said, um, I I do think it's very similar circumstances. Best duo wins. If Brown and Tatum just show out, then then they they reach another level, right? Kind of like how we saw Giannis reach another level in the in in the finals last year. Um, that that would be the only other thing that I would say on the C's part, on the Celtics part, of of what would what would prove overwhelming to Milwaukee. I don't think Milwaukee's built to deal with two dynamic superstars and a full team around them. Not talking about Brooklyn. I'm talking about the Celtics. Um, so I, I think that's the that's the only other case on Milwaukee side, stay the course. They're defensive. They, they know what they are. They know what they are. Stay the course. Um, if if I, I do not believe the Celtics can shoot three more games like they did in this one with Milwaukee completely predetermining the the uh, their effort level, let's say. Um, so I, I don't think that's the case, and I do. So I'm going. I think they're going to need to become more physical and have to pound the paint a little bit. And if that's the case, then Milwaukee wins. It's just that simple. Um, they, they, the Celtics are playing their game and there's just, there's just no way. And Giannis is Giannis. 
Like there's just no, there's no comparison. Giannis is Giannis. And so he's the best player on the floor, period. So um, if you're Milwaukee, you stay the course. And um, if you're the Celtics, you you have a you have a couple, you have a couple other, you have a couple other things that need to happen, but they're not, they're not things that are unknown or some new formula or anything like that, um, like that to win. And so ultimately you're probably looking at a six game series with Milwaukee coming out on top. Um, so I completely agree with you from a defensive standpoint. I think that like, first of all, everybody's talking about Boston's defense. Milwaukee has in the playoffs, Milwaukee's had the, like almost by far the best defense from a statistical standpoint, defense rating. Milwaukee's been number one. I think yeah. people kind of, people, overlooked what they did in Chicago. Like, Chicago couldn't, like, score. Um, so, they're great defensively. They Like, Brook Lopez on Milwaukee changes, completely just changes who they are defensively, uh, him being back. Um, this year, they were really inconsistent, but Brook Lopez missed, like, almost 70 games. So, he's back. Changes everything. Um I think scoring is, like you said, scoring is going to be very hard moving forward. Um, and I think that that favors Boston because I don't think people realize how gifted Chris Middleton has been in the playoffs <laughs> over the course of his career. I was looking at his numbers up today. Um, he has been, like, for his career, Middleton is 20, 25, 25 and 6. For his career, I, I didn't realize that. With about almost forty percent, from you know, roughly about forty-three percent from the field, close to 39 percent from three-point range, and he's another ball handler, another creator of offense, a one-on-one player, a guy that can get his own shot. I just wonder where's Milwaukee's offense going to come from? I don't even think. I'll be honest with you, Giannis. I think Giannis could get thirty-five and forty. I, to me. If I'm Boston, the biggest thing they did yesterday, it wasn't everybody overrated what they did to Giannis. Giannis yesterday, because Giannis figured it out in the second half. Like, there's no, you can't stop him. He figured it out. That was the, that was a good thing for Milwaukee that, you know, he, he had 23 points in the second half, and really they, he did some stuff that was like, okay, all right, if I, in the post, if I, you know, you know, make decisions quicker offensively, these guys can't, they can't, these guys can't guard me. Nobody can guard him one-on-one. Uh, but they did, of course, they made him work throughout the course of the game. So that's fine. I, I think Giannis could get his points and Boston would be fine. The thing that Boston took away last night that yeah. Giannis destroyed them was the shooters. So Milwaukee goes three for 18 from three-point line. Not only was the three for 18, it was the only having 18 attempts from the three-point line. Like yep. first game one, they had 40 attempts. Game two, cut that in half. Matter of fact, that's the lowest amount of attempts they've had in Mike in Mike Bunhoser's uh tenure in the playoffs with, uh, with Milwaukee 18 in the playoff game. So to me, the Giannis assists are just are daggers. Like he's one of the best in the league at finding those those shooters. And like you saw in game one, he was like, you know, looking like LeBron, how he just whipping passes and finding these open shooters. Again, they give Boston's defense a lot of credit. Those guys, Grayson Allen, Portis, Connington, they had no airspace whatsoever, none. 
um, who's another shooter um, on there that they have? I forgot the other shooter that they have. Uh, Brooke Lopez had no airspace. Everything was contested, or they forced him to take long two-point shots or funneled them into the, the Boston defense, into the paint, where Boston wants you to, you know, go against what they – that's what they want. Um, so I think that, like, this like this series, like, to your point, it's going to get – it's going to get uglier and uglier from a D. It's going to be very hard to score. Very hard to score moving forward. And I, again, I think that favors, um, I think that favors Boston. I had Boston in six. I'll, probably, I'll say Boston even in seven. Um, yeah, I, I probably would have changed that to Milwaukee in seven. I, it, it will, it will, if Boston can, sh- if Boston can shoot, then you are 100% correct. If they can keep up, a shooting because essentially they're doing what the Rockets stupidly just came out and flat out said they were going to do. Um, is they're trading they're trading a three for two, right? That's right. that's that is the simple game. That's the game plan in simplest form, right? Because you're absolutely right. It's it's not even about the percentage. It's eighteen in the in the modern in, in today's NBA. Eighteen threes is nothing. No, no, no. That's nothing. No. So you're absolutely right. They are inviting them to go after that mid-range as much as they want. And Giannis lives there and loves there, and they're fine with that. You have everything. I mean, we're saying the same thing. We're 100% correct on this. Um, this series is not hard to read at all, what what the teams are trying to do. Um, it's, it to me, it's just I just I need to see it. I need to see Boston shoot that well over an entire series because if it does, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. It's going to turn out Boston. There's no doubt in my mind. It's the playoffs. There's no no everybody's what two point victory is fine. That's fine. It yeah. is it is just getting that one more point. What gives you that edge? That three point line. Period. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good. It's going to be interesting to see, um, like, you know, Jalen Brown had a hard, obviously had a horrible game two, excuse me, game one. Game one. Um, yeah, that. I, That's what I thought. The young superstars, can they make that? Can they, yeah, can, yeah, yeah, no, here, yeah, here's the thing. Can, yes, can Jalen Brown, can you get, I guess, a great, I guess a great defense, I feel like I know what I'm going to get from Tatum, even if he doesn't shoot ball, shoot the ball well. Uh-huh. He's, going to be, yep. he's going to be in that 25 to 30 range, yep. somewhere near there. But can Jalen Brown? Yep. Can you get four games out of Jalen Brown, similar or to close to what you saw last night? Yep, yep. That that is that's that's the question. That is absolutely the question. This is just prove it's just prove it time now. This is yeah. just what it is. Prove it time. If you can do it, do it. Yeah. So this is the uh, time against the defending champs. Yep. This is the time. But um yeah, it's good. I, I, I said this will be a long, it's gonna be a long series. Um I, I really lean towards a game seven. I really died. I, I, think I, I, I agree with that. I, I really, when I said that I was like, no, nah, this feels like seven, not I, seven. I really think that these teams are just like, you know, are just that evenly matched. You know, I give boss obviously a slight edge without without Milton. I, I would expect that Smart will be back probably for Game Three, considering Game Three is not until Saturday. Um, and yeah, no, this is this is a knockdown, drag out um, series. Um, but I, again, I, to my point, I, I just think that is 
I think Giannis, the facilitator, is actually more dangerous than Giannis, the scorer in this series. I think his assists actually hurt you more than his, his actual points. Especially if you can get them their wide open shots. Yeah. Those wide open, those game, yeah like I said, game one. If they, if they can get him, if he can, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 it'll be deadly. Because I like, they might have got last game, um, last night, they might have had like, I would say three, maybe three open shots, if that. Like, they, there was no airspace. I mean, they, they were making those guys put the ball on the floor. And again, outside of Drew Holiday, there's no guy that you want dribbling outside of Giannis without Milton now. Like, you don't want anybody putting the ball on the floor trying to create offense outside of Holiday and, and of course, Giannis. Um, and again, that's where that's where you miss, uh, uh, um, uh, of course, a Chris Milton. So we'll see what happens. We both like this to be a very um, uh, long series. Um, Milton probably still probably is not going to be back. Um, I, I would be very, I'd be kind of, I'd be borderline shocked if he's back. I know there have been some whispers about it. Um, it's, listen, it's an MCL. Like, <laughs> I know guys come back quick from these injuries. Uh, Robert Williams came back, but even Robert Williams was like a month. Like, this literally just happened. Like, only Giannis could do that and have a high Kevin Durant lead. with the Warriors is the cautionary tale. Yes. It's yeah. The cautionary tale. Yeah. You can't there, do it. Everybody, well, everybody, listen, everybody's not Giannis. Giannis came back from a hyperextended knee. And yeah, no, no, we're not that's, doing that's, nothing. We're not going on Giannis. They call you. He's the, they call him the freak for a reason. Yeah, no, we're <laughs> not doing that. Uh, <laughs> everybody be dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, we're not doing Giannis timeline. No. No, uh-uh. No, no. Uh, so, also, last night, you had Memphis. I come back to you get the 110% yeah. bill of health. No, no. Um... Last night, of course, you also had uh, Memphis even up their series in a very entertaining, to say the least, game. Yeah, this is a great. Um, this is a fun series. This, this is a very, yeah. This this is, this, this is the most entertaining, just pure entertainment. I I'm enjoying. I'm gonna, this. This is gonna be the best of the second round series in terms of pure entertainment. A um, couple things out, John Morant. So John Morant goes for uh, forty-seven. Forty-seven points um, in this series. He is averaging 48 and 9 and shooting the ball well, shooting the ball well from the field and from the three point line. He has outscored Clay and Steph combined 81 to 76. Um, it's shaping up as just like we just don't have, we, we have no answer for this guy. And are we, it's like, are we seeing a guy not so much can single handedly beat the Warriors, but is, is John Moran going to do what, say, LeBron did in 2008 against the Celtics and basically um, single-handedly take them to like a seventh game uh, against a, obviously a superior team. It's kind of, it's, it's really looking like it's shaping up that that could be, that could be the potential. Um, again, now listen, Golden State did his job and unlike Milwaukee, Golden State was actually trying to win game two. No, no, Golden State was playing. Yeah, that they was were, game. They were, they were that playing. was a game. They were, they were not they, giving they, up that victory no, at all. They, were, they, they made Memphis earn it uh, without question. Um, but I, again, right now, yeah. like Jai has been by far and away the best player in this series. It's not even close. Sometimes real doesn't take deep analysis. No. It really doesn't. They got to stop them. They don't stop and they lose. It's just that it honestly is that simple. Yeah. Yeah. We got to stop. They got to find a way. When you, when I look at, when I looked around at Memphis and I was watching that game, I'm just like, yo. Y'all got to get the Billy Clubs out. You guys, <laughs> Nobody else can do this to y'all. 
And it's not the same thing as like what Boston did to Durant or even what they're trying to do to Giannis. Um, because I was again, again, it's just so it's it's great that we're gonna have the conversation we're having later, cause I said to I told you, like, I'm getting I'm digging Dream on way more. And I, the reason I'm doing way more is I'm just this podcast. And he was saying one thing um, when, uh, no, no, no. He actually, he was on the JJ Reddick podcast. That's what it was. I was listening to him and, and Reddick. Reddick asked him the question, um, who, who are the, you know, hardest players for you to defend, da, 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 everything like that. And of course he says LeBron and Chris Paul, but then he goes, um, he goes, the ones coming up is Morant. He's like, the only reason I can't put him with LeBron and Chris Paul in terms of basketball IQ, um, is that's what sorry that's what they were talking about basketball iq not greatest player or anything like that basketball iq um and uh what draymond was saying i'm resetting the conversation what draymond was saying was that in terms of the players he can feel the chess match happening with like them to trying to outthink him and everything like that and out the, on equal on equal footing of course he's he's putting himself high up there and jj reddick was as well um was then he said LeBron, Chris Paul, he said the next one's Morant. And I say that to say that um, Morant has cracked the code. He has, as as I was watching, I was like, he's equally as athletic as Westbrook and uh, Rose, but so much more under control and so much more intelligent. I'm like, he's a problem. Like, pro like problem with capital M, F, and P. And if he has that will and that desire and that love for the game to go to that next, next level, that only the elite, elite goes, whoo, if he has that, that intangible, wow, wow. Um, Here's what, he did, what he did to pool was ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, he, uh, um, he just had, but I say that to say he had them all looking silly out there at points in time. Um Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, so no, no. I'm just like, I, 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 so let me dial it back a little bit. Um, I believe that, um, of course, the defensive game plan has to be how to stop him. I believe that'll be harder than in his match. I also can see a series a la, you know, to, since we're just bringing up great names, a la Jordan against the Celtics way back in the day, where Ja has like an unbelievable series, but yet they still lose the series, right? right. Because the the talent level around him is not where it needs to be in order to overtake a season team like like the the Warriors. So I can see it going either way. But point being, to give themselves the best chance to win. This is not a situation where they can just go, Ja can get his. And and we just got to worry about stopping No, no, no. Y'all got to corral him. Yeah, he can't. Y'all got to stop him. Like, now, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about Phoenix. Luca can average 40 and they can lose. Sure. Ja can't. Like, Ja no. can't. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, you, you, those 40, his 40s, his 40s, his 40 hurts a lot. So because he, here's the difference. Luca's looking to slow the game down to get his shot, right? And to, to kind of limit the possessions of the other team. But he doesn't have the defensive help in order in those possessions being limited that won't be good possessions for the other team. That would work well if he had other defensive play, if he had a defensive team around him that could then limit 
the type of, of shots that the other team gets because Dallas has no defense. Let's just keep it real. They have no defense. Um, and so, well, and they've so, been good this year, but Phoenix has ripped them up in game one. Like, okay, fine. They you, good this okay, year. you understand why. They don't have, you're right. Let, let me make I know it matchup. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Let me make it matchup specific, but you're right. Let me make it matchup specific. Um, against Phoenix, they don't have the personnel to the limit right. the quality of possessions the other team has. So, yeah. You can just be there. It's like Harden, right? With Houston all those years, right? Like, it's just like, you can let, just let him dribble, get his shot. Yeah. Everybody else runs up the floor, and we get an even better shot. Then we come back down, and he dribbles. He gets his shot. Everybody runs up the floor. We get a better shot. And then, eventually, you got to take him out of the game. Eventually, you got tired, and then there's nobody else that can pick up that slack. With Ja, Ja is wearing out the entire defense chasing his ass around, trying to stop him. And so he's effectively discombobulating the when he's all on like he was last night. And they just, just lost uh, Gary Payton Jr. So that's a big loss compared to, like, that's another, that's another body that would have been, yep. you know, yep. on yep. him. Yep. And through that discombobulation, he can get just – uh, definitely, at least last night, he could get his shot whenever he yep. wanted. It was not a problem at all. But then he can also get everybody else their shots because they're all over the place trying to figure him out. Um, and he gets and he puts any and to 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 both our points with the intelligence, he puts it where the players need it. So the good, I mean, obviously, good news for Golden State is they're going home. Um, they did what they needed yep. to do. Absolutely, and. and through these first two games, Memphis is actually out shooting them from the three-point line, thirty to twenty-one. I don't see that keeping up, to be honest with you. Like I, I don't, I don't see a vision series where Memphis is going to make more three-pointers than Golden State. So, if you're Golden State, you have that going for you. Again, two, but two again, two major problems that they that I see. Obviously, Jai is problem number one. But the second thing is that lineup. That Golden State was able to play that deaf lineup. If Jaron Jackson's on the floor, they can't play that lineup because he's punishing them with his size. He's punishing them. Like they can't play that small ball with Jaron with, you know, Draymond at the five. That's, that's the antidote to, antidote to that lineup. Yes. Size is, yes. Yeah, size is the end. Yeah. 100%. 100%. You so, need a talented score there as well. Not dominant. You just need the, yeah, just I mean, size like a guy, DeAndre like, Jordan. Or um, Andre Drummond doesn't matter. No, um, no. Like I mean, you have a DeAndre Ayton or Jaron Jackson. Exactly. Right? Yeah. exactly. Yeah, those guys can hurt yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, that 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 takes that depth lineup. Get that out of here. Yeah. So again, this series has been just. I, I mean, I, I love this series. Uh, the intensity. Um, I, I listen the play last night. Everybody's you know going crazy about the Dylan Brooks play. I've seen that play a million times. He mistimed his mistimed the block shot, got the flagrant two. I'm not going to go any more than that. Like you know, get into the semantics of dirty play, whatever, whatever. Like I don't, you know, I like I said, I've seen I've seen guys block a block a shot with that same type of swipe, block a you shot. Know, that's just the wrong conversation to bring to us. Like, yeah. come on now, stop. Yeah. I'm yeah. not doing. It. Yep. Let's, come on now. Come on. We 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 lived through the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm not doing this with y'all. 
Not just yeah, y'all can go final, speaking of and spend thirty seven minutes looking to see if he scraped them on his cheek. But no, I'm not. I'm speaking, I'm, speaking I'm not of, there. Speaking of officiating, that that play had no problem with it. That's an automatic play too. Whatever, that, that's yeah. fine. Do we have to review every hard foul? Like apparently we, we do. Apparently oh my we god! Do. I mean, apparently we do. My goodness, apparently we do. It's the worst. It is. Oh my! You talking about killing the game? The buzz and like the rhythm. Oh, it destroys the game. I have to turn to something else. I can't watch it. I cannot. No, I, I, I won't blame you. I, I have like, to turn to something else. <laughs> They've been lucky. Nothing's been so entertaining to keep me away from that game. But I'm telling, like that, I instantly. I'm like, nope. Something else. I'll come back in 30 minutes or whatever and see what the ruling was. I'm not doing this. I'm not watching y'all just stand around and monitor. Yeah, it's... it's it, it, Who I mean, greenlit this? Like, come on now. NBA, like, what the hell with y'all and do some of these things that slow, your, that slow the most fast-paced game in sports down? Like, why do you do that? I just couldn't imagine, like, hockey... No, <laughs> it's insane. It's just insane. <laughs> it's insane. Who does this? Yeah. Fourth quarter, everything's going. It's got nope, nope. Now we need to stop this for twenty-two minutes to 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 really analyze how far the elbow extended, and then look at like did his neck? Oh, okay, I can't. I can't. I can't. There's just no way. Yeah, no, it, it it's dry. It, it'll drive you crazy. It will. I mean, it's it, it's something that I thought that they were getting better with over the course of this season. And I didn't notice it as much, but it, it's it's been it's really been embarrassing during the playoffs with some of the with some of these reviews. Like, what what are what are we looking They've at? Got They've got to. They've um, just got to. So we talked. We we spoke briefly about this. Of course, tonight you have two games. The other two game twos. Um, well, I, we're, we're gonna do because I got some 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 Philly Harden stuff uh, for later on, but as far as Luca and uh, Phoenix, this just I mean it, it's basically this is just basically one one against three. Um, you have Luca versus Paul, Aiden and Booker, and by my math, three beats one all the time. So Dallas, I give Dallas a lot of credit. They did not fold. I've seen game ones where you know you get you're the underdog, you get hit in the mouth, you roll up and be like, all right, let's give him game two. Dallas at least kind of made Phoenix earn it from an offensive standpoint. Phoenix played a great offensive game, efficient, uh, you know, very efficient. You know, Paul again, Paul, Aiden, and Booker did what they do. Cam Johnson played well. Like Phoenix, you know, seemingly didn't miss a shot. Um, and again, again, Dallas, but you know, I give Dallas credit for you know again from making it just just making them just play 48 minutes even though you never got the sense that they were ever a threat in that game um you know, every just, time dallas tried to make a run phoenix would squash it or dallas would have a turnover yep yep lucas lucas is yep is never never had it in doubt never felt in doubt Sorry, keep going. Yeah, no, I'm saying, in terms of Luca, it's just like this dude is just unstoppable. Like, like he makes he makes the game look so easy. He can get a shot whenever he ever. Can. He knows how to use his body. And it's like you can't. You put a smaller dude on him, forget about it. He's just gonna take him in the post. 
you put a he cooks centers like at, you oh, know really good really good bear fight still having PTSD. Not, yeah, that's that's not a thing. He so it's no there's nothing, you know, there's nothing you could do with Luca. Like, but I'm saying and this, this is a series that like you know if you're Phoenix is like yo yeah you can get forty whatever you got forty five we lost and the game we won comfortably so. I, I I just think if you're Dallas, um, if you're Phoenix, as long as you semi control those three point shooters, that this will be a very you know a, a short, very short series. I don't think I think that I would lean towards Phoenix in five. I think Luca will have one game. Luca will get you one game. He'll get you one game, but I can't see it goes going past that. If I'm Dallas as a franchise, um, obviously you need that second piece. Um, you know, you know, you can whether it be somebody like a Bradley Bill, Donovan Mitchell is going to be out there. But I'm also looking at this series to see what type of what like who are the guys I can trust moving forward in a playing against a championship caliber team. So that's what I'm looking at. If I'm if I'm the Dallas Mavericks, we got the superstar, we have an MVP caliber player. What what do we need next to go to that next step? Because I met Chad mentioned this on the on the. Um, on the uh on the thread this you can't have more you, you you can't make it this far and have less than you can you have to have minimum two all-stars like that there's no like we're looking at these teams uh all these teams that are good to great have multiple all-stars you where you look at milwaukee boston phoenix golden state one guy isn't that one man show is not this is not going to happen uh at this point so if you're dallas I'm looking at it, like I said, I'm looking towards like the future, like right now. Uh, of course, you're not going to concede this series, but in terms of, in terms of the organization, um, what, what are your thoughts on this series? I think Dallas can get this game tonight. I think oh, they wow. do not get this. I think if they do not get this game tonight, remind me who's at home. No, doubt. Phoenix is at okay, home. This, yeah, game, this okay. game too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's all. I'm just making sure I'm not being crazy because if they don't get this game tonight, then I'm saying for, it's a sweep. Okay, it's it's done. So I think this is their one. So I agree with your I agree with your four one. I think this is their one, right here. If they don't get this, they're not getting one. I I don't see them getting one in Phoenix. That's 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 the take that I'm having now. To what to everything that you're saying, I I I've been confused with what Dallas motivation is um since 2011. To be honest with you, um. <laughs> I, I I hold the opinion that uh, Cuban was happy with one championship, and that's it. I think he's running a playbook back of one superstar and just waited out until <laughs> um, I don't know championship falls. Like, I don't know what the I honestly don't know what the strategy is. My my expectation are two things: Luca leaves because this story we've seen so many times before. Right. Lone superstar not getting the help. He's this is prime Luca now. Like we're in that window. Like this is prime Luca. So do do you waste his prime, or does he leave? Because if he stays, my opinion is um, he's he's one of the superstars that just never gets the championship. Stays loyal to Dallas for his whole career, but never gets the championship. Because so I you're, just saying, don't. You, you think that he you you're saying that he will never win a championship in Dallas. Think about Cuban's record, real. Right. Think about his record. Right. Is Cuban someone that you trust to construct a championship roster? No. So, and 
Absolutely, after you dismantle the championship team, I've had no clue what they're doing. Honestly, zero clue. Um, so uh, so they they've seemed quite satisfied with the one star model. They have not they have not been on this train of trying to get multiple superstars. So they thought they thought they, they thought Porzingis was that dude. They thought. Yeah, no, I know what they thought. I know. <laughs> I know what they thought. I know what they thought. Um, so um uh so again, I, I'm not trusting Dallas in the, in that mo- in that model. I, I think ultimately, like honestly, what I think is Luka leaves. That's ultimately what I think this is this is headed yep. headed towards. Um, but with that being said, the Mavericks they're just they they are what they're what Dallas was with Prime Dirk. Yep. You know they'll they'll win a bunch of games in the regular season, and they'll be a first uh uh. A shocking first round or a totally expected second round exit. So oh, they actually they're actually not even as good. Like Prime Dirk, at least you had at one point you had Steve Nash, you had Michael Finley, then they had Jason Terry and uh, Jason Kidd later on. So they're not even they're not even that good, to be honest with you. They did compile Asian veterans at the end. They did. No, they did. That, that was that was the model at that, that was, time. Yep. yep. Um and so they did do that. That model isn't gonna work this time around. No. Um no. So yeah, no, I agree. With you. I I agree with you. I I, I you know it the most just, important point you made was Mark Cuban. Like what yeah, I, what I'm, his track record as far as even like putting the people and even putting people who are making these decisions. We ultimately he's making the ultimate decisions. Like he, you know, you know, he reminds me of. He reminds me of Jerry um, Jones. Jerry Jones. Oh, and I was gonna go Daniel Snyder. I was not going. To nah, nah, nah. He's better than Snyder. Yeah. Like, nah, nah, he's, no, no, no. Yes, it's like. Snyder's just less eloquent right now. But no, look at no, here, here's what I'm saying. Because you brought it up with the organizational point. Look at some of the accusations that have been Oh, you're talking about oh okay, I got you. I got you. I got right? you. Yeah, 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 I got you. And now. then so yep. here's here's my point. Cause I think both of them fall in this category. They very much enjoy owning sports teams, yes, but don't want to do the work of it. They like cheering on the side or in in um they're fanboys. They're fanboys. There, yep. you know, there you go. Yep. That's it. That's yep. the word. You yep. described it right there. They're fanboys. That's it. Yep. That's it. And so they they get their peoples in there. Who who knows? Their peoples is harassing cheer, doing all these different things. Yep. They they boys. It's a frown. Yeah, Cuban Cuban's just a little Cuban's just smarter, but I, I get I get yeah. I, I get what you I, I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Yeah, no, Snyder is the worst. By right. far, because yes. he's just the worst in every single aspect. Even as dirty and grimy as he is, he can't put on the veneer of not being that. So he's just the worst. Yep. At least Cuban can do the shows and the things that make him celebrity. Everybody just goes, "Oh, what a quirky, what a quirky owner." Um. But um, no, but the I, most important, I, I watched him dismantle a championship. Yeah, no, 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 without question. But the most important point you said about Cuban is the, the off the field, off the court stuff that yeah. kind of just went away, like with the harassment and the workplaces. That that's right. That's right up Daniel Snyder's alley. Like that's right there. Like that. That is right. That organization. Cuban will put out a release that says, "Oh, I'm so and so about yep. this." And so tears at the day. press conference. Yep. Yep. Snyder won't even do that. Snyder, no, Snyder, that's what I'm saying. He's smarter than Snyder. Like yeah, Snyder's Snyder not even, won't do that. Snyder, Snyder won't, not even pretending to give a shit. That's the difference. No. That's no. the yeah. That's the difference. Yep. So yeah. 
we, we, I, I see that that uh, that legit, that kind of like comparison from that standpoint. Um, as far as if shit, Dallas is smart, they go to Luca and they just map, they just well, map out. These they, are the players. They, let's let's be honest about the Luca. No, I'm, glad, I'm so glad you bring the Luca point. The Luca thing up. Let's be honest about the Luca thing, right? Luca actually actually fell into their lap. There are two because the, the Atlanta Hawks and Sacramento Kings decided. Well, Atlanta Hawks wanted to trade trade it down, uh, trade up to get Trey Young, and said, "Hey, we rather have Trey Young, basically." And the fucking Sacramento Kings passed on, passed on. Uh, Sacramento and Phoenix both passed on Luca, so he actually just fell into their lap. So that I don't know if they they get as much credit as they as we probably as they probably deserve because he actually just fell into their laps. To be honest with you. That was that was a bit they they got kind of lucky with Luca. Yeah, I was I wasn't giving Dallas any credit because you had multiple teams multiple teams passed on him. Like literally, the fact the Sacramento Kings literally said Marvin Bagley Jr. We rather have Marvin Marvin Bagley Jr. and that's why they're the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Marvin Bagley Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody cares. I say yes. Yeah. At least Trey Young's an All Star. At least Trey Young's an All Star. That's still, it's still inexcusable because like. Still inexcusable, but at least he's an all-star. And at least DeAndre's eight. DeAndre Aiden is a, you know, borderline all-star. Marvin Bagley Jr.? Yep. Um, the series that I think is definitely going to be a sweep, uh, that's looking like a sweep to me, is uh, this Philly-Miami. Of course, you have Noel, no, no Joel Embiid yeah. the first two games. Surprise, surprise. He gets hurt again in the postseason. That, you know, didn't see that one coming. Um and it leaves Harden. And I don't first. First of all, I don't. I obviously don't want to see anybody get hurt. But James Harden kind of deserves this. He really like to be the long All Star left, or the long excuse me, the long former All Star because he's not All Star right now. But the long, the long guy on that team who is left, considering what he's done in his last two spots, kind of deserves this. Like the basketball guys are kind of like saying, okay. This is this is what you get. You won Philly, you got Philly. And I looked at Harden, look looking at the Harden throughout the playoffs so far. They played seven games. He's about 18, 9, and 5, shooting 40% from the field, less than 40% from the three-point line. Forget about the numbers. He he just looks like he looks like a guy, forget about an all-star. He looks like a barely above rotational player right now. Like he looks bad. And this is nothing new for us to see Harden not come up big in the playoffs. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. But at least in the past, when he wasn't coming up big, he can compile numbers that kind of were somewhat mirage to the, to the geeks that, hey, you know, he actually wasn't as bad as we thought, or he, he did a put, he, at least he averaged 30 and so and so. Now you have the choking without the numbers. What are your thoughts on what you've seen out of Harden in these playoffs so far? This is this was the easiest thing in the world to call. Yep. Um, it's like saying the sun is going to come out tomorrow. Harden's going to disappear in the playoffs. I mean, it's just the easiest thing to call. It's just, it, there, there's, there was no question, no doubt, no thing. I knew. We, I mean, we talked about this. I knew the regular season would be fine. Whatever. And then the pressure would get ratcheted up in the playoffs. And the further you go, the shorter he comes. Now, now, I mean, like, you were 100% right. Like, anything outside of a sweep, I'll be shot. Just, just keep it straight up real. 
Um, I don't expect Philly to win the game. Um, and now the excuse is, is there. It's so easy now for him to disappear. It's so easy. It's, it, this isn't even a challenge um, of, of figuring out why. It's exactly what we – my expectation is we will see exactly what we saw in San Antonio but to a greater, not even to a greater degree, but to your right, to your point, he doesn't even have a skill set anymore to even pretend he can do anything. So um, even when he's out there, he's going to be getting roasted. And then because he's going to be getting roasted and can't compete, can't even look whatever competing, we're going to see less of Hardy. Remember that shot of him with the towel when he was sitting down? Yeah. Um, and what I, I expect to see a lot of that, except I think he'll be in a chair, except on then on the floor because he's older, and being on the floor hurts your back and your body more. So he'll be in a chair with a towel, and Philly can roast him. Yeah, yeah. This this thing is going. This is it's going. It's going to get ugly. Oh, it's going to get ugly. And I mean, the Philly. Yeah, no. media, I mean, you know, we're not surprised. But yeah, 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 I mean, look, look, I can't understand why y'all would even take up for him in the first place. So, yeah, go now you get to now you get to roast him. Yeah. But uh, shame on you for wanting Harden. That's what I have to say. Shame on you for wanting Harden. So I don't have a lot of empathy, to be honest with you. No, no, we don't. No, of course not. No, no. It's, it's I mean, I get, yeah, no. And. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see how you get that dude two hundred fifty million dollars. I, I don't like. I don't see. I don't see how you do it. They're gonna do it, but I, just, I don't see how you do it. I don't. How much money did y'all pay Westbrook this season? Uh, uh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I mean, we're not the post. No, no, y'all not the primary contract. Yeah. yeah, I just was wondering. Yeah. 40, we, uh, 47. He was our highest paid mm. player. Our highest paid mm. player, by the way. Mm. And it was a lot of money. <laughs> yes, that's a lot. A lot of ducats. A lot, lot, lot of money. Uh, a lot, lot of money, money for, uh, you know. Not a lot. Not a lot of production. production. Not a lot of production. Nope. Not a lot of bang for the buck. No, I, but I think all these things, like, to be real, like, I'm, I'm messing around with you, but I think all these things are necessary to happen. Because yes. I think, like, it just leads exactly. I mean, this this plays off the Luca conversation so perfectly. It's not about compiling names. I mean, it never has been, but for whatever reason, I think the, the NBA went down a dark path for a few years where it was just about compiling names and particularly players who enjoy playing with each other. And, like, yes, let's just get together. And it turns out you need a lot more than that just to great players who like each other to win an NBA championship. Who knew? Who knew? But I think a lot of these franchises are finding out that you have to be smart in roster construction and contracts that you bring in. Especially these contending teams. I'm not talking about the directs of the league. So, I think things like this need to happen. That's the only thing that might give this Luka thing a chance is if People actually go, all right, we have this great player or this sets of great players. These are their skill sets. Now, how do we complement that? Not just how do we bring in the next biggest name. Yep. Um, yep. And so this is a lesson that the this is the bill has come due. This is this yep. is the lesson that needed to happen. 
because none of this, none of that, make, no, the, the situation we're talking about, Brooklyn, Philly, L.A., these different things, none of those situations made sense originally, and they're playing out the way that they need, they need to play out. And so when we talk about Harden, and you talk about the basketball guys and everything, it's 100% right. There is no way that this combination, the way that it was brought together, could yield an NBA championship. It would be an abomination to all that is holy in basketball if somehow Embiid and Harden won a championship. Um, it would set basketball back, I don't even know how long. Yes, I'm being overdramatic, but I don't care. Well, but you're right. Um, no, it, it, but, it, it, uh, so, so, so it had to happen yeah, this yeah. way. And and this is the then this is also, you know, to the Kevin Durant, James Harden, people who are thinking like like them as well. It's just like, yo, you can't skip steps in this. No. If you're the great player, being the great player on the biggest stage will always find you. It will no. always find you. There's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And no amount of all stars can hide you from that. No. No, 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 one hundred percent right. Uh, biggest disappointments of the week. I have. Well, I actually should. I actually should have flipped this. I should have flipped this. Let's let's, let's go. Let's go with the. Let's. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do the. We're, we're, we're gonna get the football. Yeah, we'll get to the football. I was not expecting to talk about the Patriots. I'm so happy that yeah, you so there. The reason why I had Draymond Green. This is why I had Draymond Green. Um, so he gets elbowed. He gets elbowed, cuts his eye, blah, blah, blah. Gets a couple of stitches, comes back. Um, that's fine. So he gets to his press conference, his post-game presser. And you know this guy has a gift to gab. Like Draymond, yeah. Draymond post-game press yeah. concept. Do you know me? Draymond post-game pressers are minimum seven to eight minutes minimum. Sometimes they even go longer than that, which is a lot. This one was about two minutes and 30 seconds. Um, obviously, you know, not happy they lost the game, so on and so on. But they're asking him about uh, the um, the cut on the eye, uh, about that the elbow. I don't think he had a major problem with it. Then, of course, he he you know gives the uh, the Memphis fans the the, uh, the flags, the middle finger, two middle fingers. So he was like, Draymond, why'd you flip off the fans? He was like, Well, um, they were booing me as I'm bleeding out my eye. I could have been I could have been concussed. He's like they deserve. He's like if you boo, if you boo someone who's bleeding out their eye, you deserve to get flipped off. I was like, really, Draymond? That's what we doing. He's, That's what we doing. Like creating something that doesn't exist. Really, Draymond? You can't. Like, you can't, be, you can't be a convenient villain. Nobody. There's no nothing between Memphis and Draymond Green. Nothing. There's nothing. Nothing. He's creating something. That doesn't exist. I'm like, brother, you can't be the convenient villain. Villain. Yeah, he's it, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't exist. It just flat out doesn't exist. Like they, this is like, what are we doing here, Draymond? Like, what? what really? This is what. This is what we do. What? I'm like, come on, man. You get like, yeah, they're booing you. You're on the road. Like, what? What did you I like this is not create something that is not this is not like so this is not this is not Toronto fans cheering Kevin Durant when he's getting when he's the Achilles. Like this is that was classic. Yeah. This is not that. Um so I was like, come on, man. You you like you're 
you're just doing you're just doing the most. And I, let's, you know what, honestly, let's keep it real. Let's keep it all the way real. I'm go in ahead. the mood to keep it real. I'm a fan. If I see the other best player go down, I'm excited about that. I'm gonna keep it all the way real. Yeah, Dan, yes. <laughs> right? Like Dan is best on best. So it's it's just like it's like uh this fallacy that oh I'm supposed to now of course once you once you understand it's something significant and severe, then you change of course you change. You don't want anybody Yeah, the, the uh, Toronto thing in the finals. My mind I don't Coming want in. any human I don't want the human being side of the athlete to suffer anyway. But I damn sure want the best player off that court, off that right. field, yep. whatever it is. I damn sure want that. Um, so uh and Drake, that's why they know that all that they know this. This is nothing new. They've been playing this game all their lives. Like let's that's why like let's stop, 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 Draymond, stop. Um, let's get to the Patriots. <laughs> so here's what I you that video, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. Yeah, you were the first one. That shit, yo. They were those dudes were perplexed. Yeah, they were. They were perplexed. (laughs) (laughs) It was like it was like they were just like it was like yo. We can't even process what we just witnessed. That's what it felt like. It's like what? Like what? What is like they? They were so hot. They were so heated, man. Oh, they were pissed off, and they had to be. All those things were. I know nothing about him, but. His name no. brings me great happiness. But it, it was it was one of those things where it wasn't even like yeah, it, it wasn't even like uh, oh. it wasn't even like over the top pissed off. They, this was professionally pissed off. Like this, yeah. was, this was as professional and as pissed off as, as you can be. Yeah, it wasn't no Stephen A. Rand yelling. Nope. No, 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 no. Nope. They, they were giving points. They were like, "Yo, what? Like this doesn't make sense." They the way they broke it down, it was beautiful. I I loved every minute of it. Um, here's what Danny Kelly of the Ringer said about the Patriot draft. Uh, the Patriots put together one of the more confusing drafts I can remember. <laughs> so <laughs> they take they take Cole Strange as a first round pick, uh, the 29th pick. They traded down to get him right. Um, most draft boards had this dude like a third or fourth round. To say yeah. the reach was that's an understatement. Yeah, and this and th- by the way, this was that was the theme of the entire draft. They you can wait on players, you can wait on a lot of players, Hence, quarterbacks, and there were a number of players that you could just wait on at certain positions. Uh, or one of the things in the draft. Then they take uh they take a wide receiver out of Baylor with the second round pick. They said again that seemingly was a reach in a in a wide receiver rich draft. Uh, here's what the here's what the, the funny couple of funny ones they take. They take the Western Kentucky quarterback at round four, and then like they take two running backs, not one, but two. They take a, they take a, run, they take a running back in the fourth round, Pierre Strong, and then they take another running back in the sixth round out of South Carolina. And people are just like, "What? Like what? What's going on? Like what? What are we? Like, what, is, what are we doing here? Like the running game actually was something was was a strength last year." Um. Yeah, the like, I like I've heard people. I've I've heard every like every almost every draft report, grade report that I've heard is just murdering the Patriots and just having fun with it. And it's like, 
certain guy like they're did, did you see the clip of Sean McVay? Did I send you that with Sean McVay? No, 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 no. I didn't see, I mean, see that one. What, what, was, what did he say? Um, it's just, it's just, it's, it's funny. When it came on the, the Cole Strange pick, they were doing like a press conference. They were just talking because they, you know, Rams don't do first round. No. Um, so they were just like having a conference talking about the draft to their, to their reporters. Um, waiting for their, waiting for the second round, whatever, whenever they were going to pick their, their pick. Right. Um, and um, the Cole Strange pick. Literally, the gym goes, oh, my God. Cole Strange from, where's Utah? Where's he from? Uh, Chattanooga. 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 In the house. And then Sean McVay goes, oh, my God. And look at us. We wasted our time looking at him, thinking he was going to be available at 103. <laughs> that's what, that's what every, like, to your point. No one was thinking about first round. No one, not even the people who are in charge of picking the picks, were thinking first round. Oh man! Yeah, oh, man. yeah, it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, man. Pretty- yeah, yeah. All right. So my take on this is that it's quite simple. It really is quite simple. It's not about the picks. It's not about the draft. Who knows what's going to happen in the draft? In right. Any given draft, right? right? It's not about that. Here's what it is. Finally. People are calling Bill Belichick out on some of the BS he does. All yeah. the flowers will be given to him during his Hall of Fame introduction. Yeah. Right? All that will happen. Oh, we know that. But um, one of the, the two places where you can absolutely look at Bill Belichick and go, not quite certain your record holds up here, is in drafting and in personnel decisions. Yep. Um, the GM part of him, that part is not, this ain't part sales. No nope. work over nope. here. This ain't that. No. Nope. So that's number one. And then number two is just the, the simplest thing at all. The elephant in the room nobody wants to talk about, but I sure as hell do want to talk about. Life is much more difficult and the scrutiny is much more significant when you don't have Tom Brady. Well, I think to your point about that, I think another coach in the NBA is dealing with that reality. It has been for the last, like, let's say, six years, and that's yeah. Greg Popovich. With yeah. Tim. Like, Tim Duncan covered up a lot of just – first of all, I mean, like, they not only with Tim Duncan, but you also had, like, they – San Antonio actually had a, a general manager, like a real GM in terms of R.C. Buford. Like, R.C. Buford was great at his job. But – to your point, that the great player makes a lot, it covers up for a lot of mistakes, especially in football. Oh, in any, in, 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 in I mean, basketball, like, yeah, I mean, no, no. Your your analogy is right on point. It's right on point. It's right on point. And let's be honest, Scott Perry did not get enough credit for his time in New England. Like nowhere near enough credit. Scott Perry actually knew what he was doing, and like, it's like we get this narrative about. Like, we know Belichick is great X's and O's. We understand that. Motivation, you know, running a team. I mean, running a team from a standpoint of coaching, from a coaching standpoint, picks great, gets great assistance. His assistants, his assistants don't do shit from when they're not around him, but that's not, that's whatever. But he picks great assistant coaches and things of that nature that know what they're doing, that know how, know how to coach him up. He's not a general manager. Like, no. Like, that's, we were talking about this, I think, last week with, with with Durant and and in Brooklyn, like yeah, you if you if you're a player who tries to be a general manager and a coach, chances are you're gonna fall on your face, and the organization is gonna fall apart. It's not that it's not that much different as a coach, like just just coach, like you the general manager and coach. Those are two separate jobs. 
Here, here, no, you now we gotta go deep into New England Patriots psychology. You can't just analyze this as any sports franchise right now. Right. Um, it is very clear that the battle between Brady and Belichick was about the battle of control of the entire franchise. franchise. Yep. And when Belichick won, it is my this that's that's what is hilarious about this draft and why so many people are really paying attention to it. Because Belichick's been doing this shit for years, just yes. forever. Yeah, no, this, 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 and this thought, everybody yeah. applauded him. Is like, oh, trade, keep trading down. Who's that guy? We don't yep. know who that guy is. Yep. But Belichick did it, so it must be he's at X amount of both. So it must be correct right. the correct yep. decision. Meanwhile, half the guys don't make the roster. We never hear from them again. We nope. don't know what the hell's going on or whatever. But Tom Brady's there. Everything's yep. good. Yep. That offense keeps clicking, no matter how much he screws, um, how how many bad receivers he brings in yep. to that offense. Um, or, or not the most talented. You know what I'm trying to say. No, not I know exactly what you're talking about. Or right. or so, you have one of the great offensive line coaches of all time that can make up for those mistakes on, that you make with offensive line picks. So now you don't have those erasers, to your point. You don't have those erasers. The offensive line coach, what is it, Skernecki, right? Yeah. Like yeah. That was the name. Yeah. Um, and, 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 um, uh, and Tom Brady, and you don't have those, you don't have those, those erasers right there. And so now all of yours, all of this means something now, Belichick. All of this means something. All of it means something. And what everybody is noticing is they're looking at the AFC, and in particular, they're looking at the AFC East and who beat them and how they got beat. And they're going, how do any of these moves do anything against that? Yep. Anything. Not one of these moves does anything against that because coming out of that game, nobody was going, you know what? They need more running backs, another interior offensive <laughs> line. That'll stop Josh Allen. That'll get him. That'll get him. They'll punt for sure this time around. Um, oh, and of course we need a backup quarterback. Of course, that's what we need right now. Yep. Um, because that also will stop the other contenders in the AFC. So it's just like, it's, it is, it is. So if I combine my points, it is Belichick's franchise, not only to your point, like when you dive deep into this, it's not only is he the head coach, but literally a bit articles when they lost McDaniels, who's the offensive coordinator. I guess Belichick's going to do that. Yep. He has his son and a, other, a whole bunch of other yes, men. Yeah. The front office completely gutted all his people. Everything like that. So there's nobody that can tell Bill Belichick he's wrong. Nope. One person is crafting, craft, you know, craft is out. Well, no, what, what's going to happen is what's going to tell him that he's wrong is the, the, the franchise is going to go down with loss record. That's when, yep. when you're taking them L's. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, and, and I think this was, this was another eye opener to the league and Patriots fans in particular. Like, wait, hold on. He's not only is he not invaluable. He's really valuable. Like he's really making mistakes, like big ones, yep. big glaring ones. Yep. As a matter of fact, we went from top of the league a few year in a few years. Tom Brady gone, and now we're being laughed at. Um, now we're being laughed at by other people in the league. So you start you that this is what when you heard that commentary, it was so it that's what was so illuminating. 
is the national media will, will focus on national things. Now, yeah. they'll have to be that everything like that. But when you listen to the local people and them talk about it, it's just so much more gut wrenching because it's like, it's like, um, this this powerful figure in their minds is being exposed and is taking their team down with them. The glow of their team with them. We get an early Cleveland Belichick. That's what we get. Yes. Or pre-time Brady Belichick. Yeah. However you want to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's Cleveland. No, that's Cleveland Belichick. That's yep. Cleveland Belichick. However yep. you want to put it. Yeah. Cleveland Belichick, pre-time Brady Belichick. That's the Belichick we see it. Yeah. No, they get a taste of life without Tom Brady. And yeah, they don't it's, like it. If you're somebody who hates the Patriots like you do, you it's, it's, it's not even about hating the Patriots, honestly. Boy, honestly you, not you hate the Patriots. Patriots. No, 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 you hate the Patriots. No, no, no. You hate the Patriots. No, no. I'm not like with you in Dallas. I made no secret of this. They have emotionally scarred me. I cannot stand that franchise. I wish all the bad things on them for all time in life. <laughs> and Every bit of their misery brings me all the joy in the world. I'm that petty of a person. Absolutely. None of those things are mistakes. But on this one, it's just about acknowledging the reality of the situation. Yep. Everybody still or has up until this point tiptoed. I think the draft was the tipping point of like, wait, we don't have to be scared of this guy anymore. No. And it's like, no, you do not at all. No, nope. Uh, Here's question. a fly on the wall. I want to be. I want to be a fly on Robert Kraft's wall. So oh, I was, oh my goodness! Oh, I just cra- want to hear. I really want to. Woo, boy, oh boy! I know you were. Man, I made the. Did I? Did I make the right decision? I made the wrong. I just. Oh, I would just love to just sit and listen <laughs> to him go back and forth over that because <laughs> they ain't looking so good right now. Yeah, 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 Robert. You, you know, keep Tom, get rid of Bill. Eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Tom, yeah, you're right. You're right, Tom. But, but I don't know if you would be this bad right now. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. <sighs> oh, man. They're going to be fighting. They're going to be battling, battling, yeah. with the, uh, battling with the Jets. <laughs> yeah. 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 If the Patriots fall to fourth in the division, it will be just. <laughs> oh, and they are in the they are in the wrong conference. Sports the time, wrong conference. Oh yeah. god, they're in the wrong conference. Yeah, yeah, they are. The, yeah. <laughs> the mental gymnastics that it will take to make the Patriots anything other than second in the division and out of the playoffs will be tremendous. Yep. It'll be tremendous. It'll be tremendous. Please tell me how they're going to beat some of these other teams. Please. I, I can't. I can't. Please. Tell you. I can't. Please I tell can't. me how. I can't tell you. I can't. Like I, I look. I looked at. I was looking at their because I was looking at rosters for our for our top NFL rankings post draft, and I was like, I looked at their roster, and I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. like ooh, as in comparisons to like Cincinnati and Kansas City and. Denver and you know some of the other AFC rosters. Uh, even Baltimore, oh, I was like, ooh. Different this they y'all don't have the same players like yeah like no no at any position at any no at thing. any position that's the other thing at any that, posi- they don't have they, a top player at any position spotlight and which makes it so much worse that's how you know it's so glaring because even people who don't pay attention to the Patriots or even things that are evolving in NFL like that are going wait hold on you didn't draft any players that 
are athletically dominant. Like none. Well, the receiver is fast, but whatever. Um, like, like, like the things that you need to play in this this game today, you did none of that. Like nope. zero. Nope. Perplexing. Yeah, Perplexing. yeah. Yeah. Question for question for Sap. Will oh. athletes eventually take over the sports media? I think I think we I think we are as I texted you, I think we are already in that transition. I think as it with so many things, the COVID accelerated everything. Yep. Um, and so when people had a chance to kind of sit by themselves and come up with their own means to um keep the conversation going, however that however that looked. It showed that it wasn't, for lack of a better word, it wasn't that hard to produce for themselves. And actually, when talking about the specific game, they had the requisite knowledge to talk about it, particularly in podcasts, particularly in long form. My complaint with athletes in national media for forever has been when they get to national media, the thing I want from the a- athlete is their expertise in their sport. That's what yep. I want from them. Yep. But all too often, they just turn into sound bites. And then Charles Barkley happened, and it, you know, then it just exploded to I just got to be dumb and goofy all the time, um, and not give anything even remotely of an opinion, not a, uh, even a remote insight onto what's actually going on. So I think the I think it. It absolutely will. I think there's some shifts and turns because I think sports media in general is going to become more niche, meaning they're going to start grasping for um, the soccer mom, for lack of a better way to phrase it, um, the 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 average viewer, the average viewer of a sports, you know, the people that come to the Super Bowl party not to watch the game but to be at the party and to talk about halftime show that like. Media will start grasping for them because it will become more niche, especially as like ESPN and different networks, they get locked into a specific streaming service um, and, and start really tailoring their, their content to specific viewers. So, and I think when that happens, athletes will be a, a paramount point of it to talk about the, their various games in those conditions. And um, the people we think of traditional sportscasters will probably move more into like the play-by-play and the things that are happening during the game because they can think fast in the, that manner. That's my that's my thought. I, I wonder what the battle is going to be between. I, I wonder because this this is really like the you know the beat writers, the reporters. They'll you know they're going to do what they do. The right, like even the sportscasters, they'll they'll be fine from a standpoint. Like the Joe Bucks of the world, they they'll you know they'll be uh, they'll always be a place for for that um, in that lane. But I wonder what I was thinking about with, with this question was the battle between the athletes and say the hot take genre, like yeah, that Stephen A. Skip Bayless. Yeah. Like I wonder yeah. what. That's gonna look like moving yeah, forward. That's that, that's gonna be dead, Sorrell. When Steven, that's gonna age out with Steven. So that's that's coming. You think that's coming to that, an end? That one's coming to an end. That's that. That one's coming to an end. Most people are getting really, really tired of of the hot take culture. Well, wait, that's very strong for me to say. Most people, I don't know that. Um, here's here's what I here's what I can say. In terms of 
when you look at the way that the network ratings are breaking down, particularly over ESPN, right? Like they're 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 still the worldwide leader right. in in the, the overall aspect of it. When you look at it breakdown, yes, like like Stephen A and his hot takes and things like that, they pop a rating that is decent enough um in this this day and era. But the overall arching of the hot take shows are very, very, very niche. Very niche. Um, the tone, the PTI, the round the horn, like things like that, like the, and, and you can see a lot of the different hosts, a lot different. All of them are. They also do the long form as well because even they need more time to to break down to break down their their sports. So when I say dead, what I mean is, will there be a show like a first take? Um, Steve hot take show. Yes. But I think it will be localized in one or two or three or four shows and not the entire landscape. I'm not saying in-depth analysis is going to be the thing that brings people back. I'm absolutely not saying that. I'm saying that, um, the media giants and how things are breaking down are going to move away from sports content as a big mover outside of live sports and so live sports will be where the money is um and so those those individuals that are talented at speaking in very short sound bites which is what the hot take machine has become um will transition to that live atmosphere and the shows per se will be more about like the different breakdowns of of uh the various different sports and for that you will need more informed people to break that down i think that will ultimately be the athletes as they get more and more accustomed to talking about their sport in an entertaining way and not just x's and o's because then they lean too heavy into that sometimes yeah this i mean listen the athletes are here this is like you too this is not Going. No, you're not putting this genie back in the box. This is not no going way. anywhere because no way. because here's the thing with the athletes. We we got to a point, especially with the hot take, the hot take lane of it became this cookie cutter. Like everybody, it became a it became a matter of who can come up with the craziest, craziest, most outrageous hot take. That's where we that's where we're at right now. There you go. And with these athletes coming with their own perspective, they're giving they they first of all the podcast is perfect. From a standpoint of being able to flush out, flush out a yeah. point, they, we, society is is as uh, as a whole is we we are obsessed with celebrities. Most of these guys are celebrities, and it's most of these guys that are coming up are young are also young. So that's they fit they check off every box from that standpoint, and you know, I give them credit. I give them, I give them, I give them a lot of credit. Um, it's and again, it's like you were talking about Draymond Green podcast. It's a, it's a number of podcasts, a number of a few other podcasts that you know I listen to that of athletes that just to, for a different perspective, a more in depth perspective. Um, just again, what are you thinking during that moment? You know, how do you what do you think about other athletes, other guys you're competing with? That's just that's just something that you cannot get from you know no. Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> like, uh, you know, all due, all due respect to him, or even to Skip Bayless. 
So, you know, it, it was time. I, I think this, I'm actually welcoming this this shift, to be honest with you. I'm actually welcoming it the more and more I think about it. Um, because it gives it gives athletes also power to kind of like to not allow to not allow their narrative to just be dictated by you know people who never play the sport. So uh, to your point, like you said, the genie is not coming or out. People that just have their own personal agendas, or right? Personal, like, right? Yes, or personal, build yes. His career off attacking LeBron James. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. He did it because it built his career. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, no, no two ways about it. Speaking of attack, um, this happened, of course, last night. You had uh, Dave Chappelle in L.A. at the Hollywood Bowl was attacked by uh, uh, by a, I, I, shouldn't, I can't, can't even call him a fan by someone coming out on, in the front row at one of his shows. Um, it happened like you know, so he's telling this joke. This guy basically tackles, you know, tackles him to the floor, and then proceeds to get the shit beat out of him uh, when they chase him behind the uh, curtain. Uh, ended up the guy. Red said the suspect uh, uh, had uh, superficial injuries. That's that's what, that's what yeah, I, they, I know. They, what they, yeah, they I know beat, what that means. Yeah, I know what that means. They beat the shit they out of him. Whooping they his play. ass while they was trying to detain him. Yeah, they beat the shit out of him. Yeah, um, yep. and, and yep, even, I know that, man. As soon as I saw <laughs> I laughed, oh, yeah, I know those two, yeah, they was putting the boots to that dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so many, there's so much to unpack from this. Um, first of all, the idea, first of all, the dude had a had a gun, camouflage, and, and, and a knife as well. Well, knife camouflage has a gun, yeah, which is yes, wild. Yes, which is, wild. Which is like. Is, when so, I read that, I was like, that's terrifying. Literally, like I mean, literally, I mean, Dave Chappelle was fortunate, fortunate to be here. Like he, that could have easily been a stabbing, um, to say the least. Here's what I say: like, as to say the least, to say the least. Yes. Here's what I say: first of all, you know, I and I heard this today, and I'm like, you know, y'all up here talking about shout out to the people around Chappelle for stopping the shit out of him. I'm like, no, not not a shout out to them. Like somebody, somebody didn't do their job. That that motherfucker got on the stage. Period. Like so, like that. Like if I'm Dave Chappelle, my security team is is fired. Like what? Like what are we talking about? This motherfucker got on the stage and and tackled me, and I'm like, like there's no way in the world that this should have happened. Um, the bigger issue is how comfortable someone is. Someone is with attacking another person and with no regard just zero just like zero regard. i'm gonna i'm gonna jump i'm gonna run on this stage i'm gonna attack this dude um you know I, i've been to a Chappelle show you you can't even get a you like they take your cell phones you know you can't even like you can't even get a cell phone in the show how this dude got a weapon in the show is beyond me like how like he, like how is that even possible that he got a weapon in this in and this wasn't and this is this was an enclosed place this wasn't outdoors or something like that um and again this you had a number of big time comedians there you, Jamie Foxx was there Jamie Foxx actually one that got one of the ones that helped uh get the dude um you know probably one of the ones that helped probably beat the shit out the dude as well Chris Rock was there so you have we have legendary comedians. You have three legendary comedians in the same venue, and the security was shit. 
Um, what were your thoughts when you heard about this? Um, I, I think it's terrifying. I think it's terrifying. Like, yes. like that, that's the, I hear everything that you're saying and absolutely security beef up all the things necessary with like with people are to blame and lacks all that, all that things happen. But the thing that comes to my mind is like, yeah, this is Chappelle on a stage, but people get attacked in real life all the time for no reason. Yep. Can't stop crazy. No. People get weapons and everything through airport security. This is a comedy show. What 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 ultra security are they gonna be able to actually have? Right? Like even a celebrity's personal security is only as good as their finances, right? So it's like it's like it's like, yeah, you could do things to make it more safe, but there's no such thing as 100 percent safe. And so oh. then it gets to the bigger question. Like, what the hell is going on here? Um, and that answer is super complicated. That's super complicated. And so then, it, then, it, then, because as individual, you can't necessarily solve the world's problems and the world's sickness, then it becomes about personal security. And so then the question becomes, how do you make it as secure as possible? So that my, my ultimate thought, honestly, was I'm closed shows. You control who gets in those shows. You know who's coming through the doors and the show is completely closed. That's that's ultimately where I think this has to go because you cannot plan for every crazy person. You just can't. Right. You can't. And so the only way you can have control on that is to have complete control of the invite list. And that will suck for all of us who just like to go, but the way things are going in this world is probably going to be necessary. Yeah. This, I mean, isn't, I, I mean, this isn't going to stop. No, here, here's the thing. Like the scary part, to your point, like that, that is, I mean, I, that, that, yeah, that's, that's going like to a whole nother level. Like, you, like to your, you're exactly right. I don't, for I, I just don't foresee that because I think there's just these. Because we've only had one so far. Right. I, I I mean I I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying you're, with the premise of what you're saying but I don't I don't foresee that in the future. Um, I think that the, the scary point is the scary thing about this is there's going to be somebody like we've seen. Listen, let's be honest. Let's let's just keep it all the way a buck. There's been an uptick on comedians being attacked since Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Like that's that's fact. Like yeah, you know, but and and that's fine. And but it doesn't it matter anymore because it's happened. And yes. it is reality. Yes. And so again, like I like like I hear what you're saying, real. But then like we're like if Chappelle's killed, we're having a difference. So we're not. You're not debating closed shows, right? No. Like no. Not so at it's all. just like you can't see it happening. You can't see it happen. Only reason you can't see it happens because Chappelle didn't die. Right. 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 So like it's like if but, we both agree this isn't going to stop, then what's the only ultimate conclusion you can come to? No. No. My point. Yeah, my point is, it would take somebody. It would take somebody to like literally like get killed for it to be a closed show. That's my that's, right. And so then, like, if we just go just in our short, brief level escalation, right? We start with Il Will Smith. He slapped. Now the next one is a guy with a gun with a, a gun that turns into a knife. Yeah. Where's the next escalation? Yeah, I mean, oh. the next. Yes, the next one is yeah. The, the, the so if I'm so so it's easy for us to see it because we're not going on the road, right? right. We're not a comedian. No. If this is my livelihood, I'm thinking these thoughts and I'm doing something about it. And the thing I'm doing about it is making sure I'm not putting myself in a position 
where somebody, somebody random can run up on that stage on me. Like, let's keep this all the way real. It's not a talking point. This is people's lives. Yes. So you got to protect your life because you have a family. You have a business. You have people that count on you. This ain't just about like what you feel like doing in a lot of these cases, especially if, if part of the motivation, which part of motivation always is in these big spectacular cases is also to be part of the big spectacular moment. So, um, if I at the higher stature comedian I am, the more I'm considering cold shows. Mark my words. This is something that's going to be a conversation immediately. Oh, no. It, no, without question. Um, because to your point, there, like, again, there's no guaranteed security like that. Like, you know, you can't, I mean, the most, secure per- the most secure person in the, the world is the world and the country is, is the president. Like, they're not right. getting that level. Like, that's not, it's not going to happen. No, you're, um, like, so I guess with the closed shows, I, I guess, again, this would be, I, I definitely, I'd be fascinated to talk about to, to, to add to have a conversation with some comedians in terms of, like, that's a lot of money to be sacrificed or like where you versus your life. Everything. No, I, no, it's not a question. It shouldn't life. be a question. No, it should not be a question. My question is, would like our will comedians go that route? Like, how how lo- how long will it take to to get to that point? Because I, I I agree with you. We're we're going to get we're eventually going to get to that point. Um, I just wonder how long will that take? Will that take to get to that point? Or will you like if I'm Chappelle? It would. Chappelle has the kind of money where it can immediately he can, he can do that tomorrow today. But I'm talking about for the for the rank and file comedian that does not make. That, that that doesn't have that level of income. Yeah. You know, what are their th- like? What are then what, sadly what will happen? It, sadly, what needs to happen will then be like a rank and file comedian has to be seriously injured or killed, and then it becomes a national thing. It becomes like we have a level of security and we have a level of um of uh of letting people in at every comedy you know whatever venue everything like that. So then it becomes a national thing. This, I mean, like it's, it's this is a significant conversation, and it's it's a very troubling and dangerous trend. And um, in order for the amount of uh, publicity to be put on this in a way that it matters and, and changes how how things are viewed, something terrible needs to happen. That's usually how things get changed. Do I hope that happens? No, but I just, I just, we know how, I, we know you know how the world happens. works. Yeah. As well. So, um, so I think like to, to, you, to, to your point, what, I mean, what you're ultimately, what we're ultimately talking about is how long is your money? And the only thing that can support people whose money isn't that long is if there is a national referendum, a local referendum, you know, like what, like, like where it's like, all right, this is a thing that is becoming a problem nationwide, and this is this is the way in which we're going to handle it nationwide or statewide or countywide, what whatever what what have you. Um, but you know, it's it's you can't stop crazy. You just can't stop it. No, no, no. It's it's man. Which is why you don't get on national TV and attack somebody. Yeah, we. I mean, we knew. I. I we knew 
when that shit popped off, what, what? what the way it could lead to. We had a conversation on this podcast. Like we knew what this shit, what this shit could lead to. Like we knew. Yeah. 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 Did yeah. it and then sat down and had dinner. So cool. No harm, no foul. Yep. Yeah. No, it's it's um again, luckily, like luckily, you know, Chappelle wasn't harmed. Uh, but again, you can't stop crazy and Will Smith went freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, and just did something nobody could even conceive of at that point in time. Just couldn't even conceive no that wasn't even a conversation in anybody's anything. Hey, what if a celebrity gets up and slaps another celebrity right in the middle of the Oscars? Like, I guarantee you that was not a conversational point no. at any time. No. So, yeah, you can't stop crazy, man. And then once, you know, once crazy see crazy, there you go. I mean, we, yeah, we, I mean, do like, like the we do this at the fundamental level with kids. So yes. we, we know how this works. Yeah. It binds each other. They gravitate towards each other. The crazy actions, not calling Chris crazy, the, the, the actions that don't make sense um, at the time. That's exciting. And um, people have similar ideas and see it, it becomes exciting to try to replicate that. Yeah, no, very scary. Um, very scary, uh, to say the least. Um, and then, you know, classic Chappelle. He just kept the show moving. <laughs> kept, yep. the show, kept the show moving. Cracked some jokes. Uh, uh, you know, Chris Rock got you know a Will Smith joke off. Yep, he did. <laughs> he did to diffuse that tension. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, they, uh, you know, that. I mean, I guess that's the essence of comedy: finding the humor in something that potentially could have been tragic. Uh, from that standpoint, um, but. Um, yeah, Chappelle. I, I think moving forward, I think at least for this year, he has. I think the majority, if not all, the rest of his shows are going to be from Yellow Springs, which is his hometown. Which you know, probably probably the way to go. Yeah, you control, you control who comes control in. the environment. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. NFL draft post rankings. Um, about a month ago, we came out with our free agent post rankings a month and a half ago, maybe you know, maybe a little longer than that. Um I I think I chose five teams. Maybe I maybe it was more than that. Um very it was very interesting to me looking at what this draft um what this draft was and what it did to some of these contending teams. Obviously I had I have a couple changes at the top. Um I went with Green Bay being number one. Um, but I know you I know you completely disagree with this, but I love what Green Bay did in the draft. Uh like those two defensive players they got in the first round, those two guys from Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, obviously we'll talk about Georgia later on uh in the podcast, but Georgia of course had fifteen, a record fifteen players drafted in a seven round draft, which is uh, just, you know. Is, is the number speaks for itself. Yeah, um, sure does. How you, you know, how you, how and why, how you win a national championship. There you go. Uh, to say the least. And Green Bay gets two of those defensive uh, star words. Both guys will are, both guys could, will see significant time immediately. Like both, both those guys are potential starters on a team that is expected to contend 
for a Super Bowl. Um, the reason why I had Green Bay number one, I think their defense has a chance, frankly, to be dominant. Um, I look what they return already drafting these, you know, drafting these two guys, and then what they return with some guys coming out from injuries. What their defense was, how their defense played last year at the end of last season. Remember that playoff game? It wasn't the, it wasn't the defense that was the problem. It was Mr. Rogers and and the, the and, you know and company. The defense played great in that San Francisco game, and I expect the defense to be better this year. Uh, I was looking at their roster. They they are deep at every position. Now again, the receiver thing. They draft the two receivers. They get the guy in the second round. Uh, we know how what Green Bay does. We talked about this last week in terms of developing receivers, developing positional players in general. And I did, again, I looked at their draft. They addressed every need. They they addressed the receiver. They addressed the offensive line. They addressed the uh, again some some uh, you know some some their defensive needs. What what they need to address. They addressed everything. And I I look at this as a total team. Now, am I picking the Packers to win the Super Bowl? No. But in terms of this is just rankings, like you know rankings into before twenty twenty two season starts. I have Green Bay number one. Your Bills, you know, easily could be number one. I have them number two. They're a lot digging. They they have as talented of a roster as any team in the league. Uh, it didn't even matter to me what they did in the draft. And I heard and I read that they had a good draft as well. And uh, but they got the bottom line. They got Von Miller. Like that's like you know, a Von Miller on top of a number one defense, and they already got a franchise quarterback. So the Bills, the Bills, you know, stayed there. No, no, could be no less than two. Uh, in my book, you don't love this team, but again, I I, I love what Kansas City is doing in the offseason with some of the picks they've got, especially with the with some of the uh, acquisitions they made. Julius Julius Smith Schuster, Marquez Val about his scouting scandling. I like him. I like I love what they did in the draft with, with the player, the defensive player that they got in the first round. They they also like Green Bay addressed their defensive needs. Um. In the first two, with their first two picks in the first in the first round, they 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 had they had no choice but to uh, Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay could have won offense if they wanted to in, in the first round. We would have been fine with it. But we know Kansas City's weakness last year was defensively, so they addressed that immediately in the with their with two their with their first two first round picks. Uh, like with, the, with in terms of they got high grades for what they did with the rest of the draft. Again, you don't like Green. You don't like them as much. I think. I think they will have a bounce back year from the standpoint of I think they'll be right there contending for a Super Bowl champion championship. The Rams, of course, great roster. I have, and even with even with no first second round picks, has some nice middle to late round picks as they always do. Um, as they always do, and they of course they've added a number added uh, free agents uh, a number of free agents that how from a stand from a salary cap standpoint is just what the Rams do. Uh they added of course the guy um the dude from uh Seattle, Wagner, Bobby Wagner. Um yeah. we know we uh they now traded Robert Woods, but we know, you know, they still have Cup and they still have, they still have Cup and again they still have one of the most talented rosters uh in in, in the sport. Uh so I had them as four. Um you sold me on the Chargers last time. Uh, I looked at the Chargers. The Chargers, pound for pound, could, could go to toe, could go toe to toe with any roster in the sport. That defense, we know Herbert is a beast. What they have on defense is ridiculous. When you talk about Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Darwin James, Asante Samuel Jr., they um, they drafted uh, offensive linemen to show up the kind of show up the offensive line. 
again, this is a matter of coaching. Like they, that is a that is a Super Bowl roster. Now, coaching, we'll see with Zach Staley, and you know, we'll see what happens with the, from a coaching standpoint. But that is a Super Bowl roster. Um, so I had them in fifth. Tampa Bay, of course, with Tom Brady. Uh, little age on the defense, but still, still a solid defense. We know what they're going to do offensively. Until Tom Brady falls off, I won't believe it until I see it. Here was my jump. Here's here was probably the shocker out of the ones that you see on this on this board. The Ravens. The reason why I had to rate now the Ravens barely made like the Ravens were on the cusp of like my of the last one. I had them last. Like I had them like last on my list. Uh, uh, they barely made the cut, or they were they were like on the other receiving boats. That that part of it. Um, but I love the- both had him out of the playoffs, right? Yeah, I think so. I think we did. Yeah, I think we did. I think I think we had them at the top of next in line. That's what I think uh-huh. we had. They were right on that. I I think if I'm remembering mine correctly, they were either seventh, eighth, or just right out, like right at that. Yeah. So the reason why I put the Ravens, uh, why I put the why to put the Ravens so high, um. They had a draft, and this is no surprise. And the Ravens always draft well, but this draft is was ridiculous. They first of all, they they address every need that they had to address. Um, their defense is going to be back to being like a legit top five defense. They had six fourth round picks. See, here's the thing about drafting, like, and it's it's very it's. Like to me, it's not as hard as people make it out to be, except at the quarterback position, which is just an inexact science. But just the more picks you have, the better chance you have. The more the more players you draft, the better off you are. Like the more, just just have a bunch of picks, um, and having somebody like Ozzy Newsom, who I know is not there very much now, but he's still he's still around. Uh, you could clearly see what like you could clearly clearly see that this is still one of the best organizations as far as foundations, as far as from that standpoint, player development. They draft, this to me is going to be similar to, I'm not going to, listen, I'm not going to get crazy and compare it to when they got Ray Lewis and Ogden in the same draft. Like that, that's in all that, that solidified a, not a dynasty, but that solidified a, 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 a team for, for a decade. And, you know, those are two Hall of Famers. But I will compare this draft to, say, the Saints in 2017 when they got Ramchek, um, Marcus Williams, Jacob, uh, Jacob uh, Latim- Marcus Lattimore, Marcus Williams, and Alvin Kamara. I-, I think this draft has that type of potential, to be honest with you. I'm very, very high on this draft. I love the fact that they traded Hollywood Brown to get that pick. Um, to, uh, I love the fact that they traded Hollywood, Hollywood, no, Hollywood Brown. Um, I understand, you know, Lamar Jackson's not happy, but I think this draft. I, I, I'm really high on the Ravens after this. To be uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I think this draft would be Im- immediately they'll have guys that can come in right away and play right away. And also, people people forget the Ravens. You know, the Ravens were one of the most injury ravaged teams in the league last year. Like basically, running backs, secondary, like they like, and despite that, they were in. They they basically were in every game. So they're not like that far away 
uh, from contending status. We'll see. What, and again, we've had our discussions with the Ravens about offensive philosophy, what they're going to do with the quarterback situation. I, I understand that. Again, I'm, this is not me picking them to go to the Super Bowl. This is just the rankings. Cincinnati is an easy eight. I had Tampa twice. I didn't, that's a typo. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Cincinnati, eight, and Denver. Uh, I guess I could put nine. I would put Vegas, nine, and Denver, ten. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I actually, I was looking at the list. I was like, I don't actually have any really negative feedback, or not negative feedback, but have any pushback on 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 the list. I think that all of, you know, the, the, the way I look at draft is, is that, you know, like, I'm more of a traditionalist. We'll be able to really rank the draft five years down the road, yada, yada, yep. yada, right? Um, and so then um, that's why I really was drawn to your point about um, about what the Ravens did and what um, the Chiefs and the Packers did because then that's ultimately what I, as a fan, want to know from – um, the most recent draft, right? Like, what are the most impactful NFL players that can potentially impact this roster this year that you got, right? And, and in a lot of cases, it's not that easy to see. And then there are other cases when they come from big programs like Georgia and Alabama and the ones who are winning national championships and literally have NFL rosters <laughs> at, on, their, on their teams. Um, that those are the teams that I want to know about. I want to know what they did. And you pretty much named every single one of them. And those are the moves that as, uh, as a team that is, I'm competing against these, those teams with actual uh, aspirations for the Super Bowl. Those are the moves that make me nervous. And so I could not agree with you more. What the Ravens did made me nervous. I was ready to laugh at them a lot um, this year. And now I'm like, oh, they did made them nervous. Um, I think your assessment of my assessment of of Kansas City and Green Bay might be a little off. It's not that I don't like those teams. It's just that their standards aren't playoffs. Right. Their yep. standards Super Bowl. are yep. Super Bowl. Super Bowl, Bowl yep. And then particularly we're talking about Super Bowl next season. Do I trust Andy Reid? to navigate that franchise. Can I see what he's doing? Absolutely. In terms of not relying on single players, but diversifying the offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see all of that. But does that make them a better team next year? And do I want my Bills to win the Super Bowl next year? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's when I say with Green Bay and with Kansas City, um, the moves they made this offseason made them less likely to win the Super Bowl this year. And I don't think the draft change that all that much but i will say to you the teams that i trust in drafting are um and picking positions and being very very dutiful about that green bay and kansas city rank at the top of that list so yeah. i do not i i do not discount anything they do in the draft like anything they do in the draft um with with that being said the other team that i just you know, I can't get out of my head and I said, are, are, are the Chargers? I honestly can't believe how good they look. They're loaded. I honestly that can't. Roster, I was looking at that depth I'm just chart. like, this, everybody should be talking about them oh as, a, goodness, like, like, as a defensive. And you're right. It comes down to that, like, that coaching question. That's the only reason you can't put it. But in terms of roster construction, oh, my They're goodness. loaded. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, that team's terrifying. Oh my goodness. Like that team's that, terrifying. I mean, and after the other thing with Kansas City, I just liked it. I like what the other teams did in their division so, so much more. Um, uh, so that is that division, as we all know, it's just gonna be such a problem. It's just gonna be such a problem. Um, so um that that's my assessment on there. And then then I agree with you. I was a little bit disappointed in Cincinnati. I thought they would be a little bit more um flashier than they act than they actually were but again you know the subtle moves i just can't there's no way for me to be able to for real um sit here with a straight face and say i can really really break down these moves and say if it's really good or bad so we'll see on that but in terms of the teams that you highlighted and the big time programs that they drafted from and the names that i'm familiar with i could not agree more with your assessments so the those, are the things, those are the boards that worry me. Yeah. The big, no, no two ways about it. The big story in the draft was, of course, where the quarterbacks Cole Strange. Uh, it was Cole Strange. Well, Cole Strange, yeah. Besides Cole Strange. Oh, Cole, yeah. Cole, right. Besides. Cole <laughs> besides. <laughs> besides from, Cole from Wichita? Where is uh, he from? No, Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Oh, Chattanooga. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Chattanooga. The, the, the Volunteer State. Tennessee. Right, right, right. State. Chattanooga. You know that big time program on <laughs> Chattanooga. <laughs> Yeah, that one. Okay, sorry. That's not the big. That's not the big story. You're right. Oh goodness. Um, what, no, you know what? You know what jumped out to me too. Aren't the Patriots brilliant? Don't they always make the best moves ever? Right? One move, it was one move. Okay. One move that jumped out to me about how not to run a franchise. It just, I, I just you had Cole Strange in the first round. Yeah, no, Cole. Oh. Yeah, besides Cole Strange. So, oh, okay. Right, so Carolina, oh. right? So Carolina. <laughs> Carolina takes um, Corral uh, out of uh, Corral, the quarterback um, out of Mississippi, right? And then third in the third round, cool, okay, third round, whatever. You know, you can you can reach for a quarterback at that point. At that point, um, that's fine. But they didn't have either a uh, I, they didn't have a second or third round. They didn't have a excuse me. They didn't have a um, I think they they didn't have a second or fourth round pick. It's like, okay, well, why, you know, why is that? You get so many moves get made, you forget why, you know, why they're missing picks. Well, they're missing yeah. those picks because they trade those those, those draft capital for Sam, the great Sam Darnold. So it's like it's shit like that. That's Oops. why those franchises, Sam Darnold, the great, you never heard, you never heard Sam Darnold. That was that was a mistake. And, they might want those picks back. They yeah, I'm sure back. you would want those picks back for, for Sam. I'm sure Oops. you would want those picks Oops. back. Oops. Those are the those are the moves that destroy your franchise. Right, right. Like, like that trading right, right. guy who's not who you who you do not want starting this year for you right, right. at all. You don't want Sam Darnold starting for you, and then he takes and then you lose two yeah. picks. Yeah, in rounds that you can get players in the second yeah. and fourth round. Don't yeah. that that's what that's what kills your franchise. Yeah, that's, that's not good roster management at, at all. all. So they hold on. They had a they were missing. Um, uh, hold on, because I I actually ha- I actually have it right here in front of me because Carolina I have Carolina. So what did what did they do? They had um okay, so yes, general manager Scott Fit uh Fitner Fitter didn't have second or third round picks after using those assets in trades for Sam Darnold and yep. C.J. Henderson. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, it's not a good move. Yeah, that that yeah, 
Yeah, so they must. I mean, they must have traded to get a not to get a third round pick. They, they, yeah, they traded to get to get Corral, but yeah, giving up giving up a trade at giving up a second or third round picks, um, because for Sam Darnold and C.J. Henderson, that that is yeah, yep. that, that yep. was, that's how you lose. That's how you lose ten to twelve games a year. That's that's pretty much the exact way you do it. Yeah. So the other big story outside Cole Strange was the fall of the quarterbacks and there have been very few drafts in the history where the talent evaluators and teams hated the quarterback class um kenny lockett kenny lockett excuse me kenny pickett was the first quarterback drafted uh at 20 for pittsburgh and i know i know a pittsburgh fan that absolutely hated that pick hated it uh because he uh he played at he played at the university of pittsburgh and he did not want he did not want kenny pickett so he t- he gets taken twentieth. That's the latest quarterback has been taken since nineteen ninety seven. The great Jim. Can, can I just pause you really quickly? Sorry. Go ahead. All these franchises that have had these Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Welcome to real life. Yep. Welcome, welcome to life in the wilderness. Welcome to life. Like, in the wilderness. oh, oh, you yep. don't like your team reaching for a quarterback? <laughs> oh, oh. You mean you can't just draft a Hall of Fame quarterback every nope. year? No. Nope. No, you can't. No, nope. no, you can't. Actually, so, happens like happens one to every generation. It happens so, to everybody. Happens oh well, everybody. Pittsburgh, so sad. Yep. Yeah, you got you got two Super Bowls. Yeah, yep. yeah, you just gonna have to. Yeah, you are gonna be drafting a lot of these guys. Get used <laughs> to it. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah, yeah, life comes um, too fast. It does. It does. So. Yeah, the Patriots and the, and the Steelers, yeah, I have the smallest violin. No, no, nor should you. Like, uh, Pickett goes 20th, um, and there are people that, are, that thought that that was a reach, that you could have got him in, in the second and possibly even the third round. Uh, so after that, right, so he goes 20th overall. After that, you have a quarterback that didn't get drafted until the third round, uh, Ritter to Atlanta. Then you had Willis to uh, Tennessee. Corral, of course, to Carolina. Bailey Zappi, the legendary Bailey Zappi to New England in the fourth. Sam Howe to to Washington, and then um, and, and and so on and, and what have you. So it's safe to say that they that this uh, that you know the NFL hated this class, I, and I find it kind of curious because I was trying to I was like what I was just wondering. Right, how many in the and I did a little bit of research. Like, how many successful, how many quality quarterbacks have they been that have been drafted outside the first round in the last ten years? And here's the here's the list I came up with. This is this is going from 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 last draft from from last draft to the twenty twelve draft. So I hate this conversation, real because this is where every effing Patriots fan. No, in. here here here's so twenty. So twenty eighteen. So twenty eighteen. This now this tech, this actually technically was still first round. Twenty eighteen, you had Lamar Jackson. He was a thirty second pick. So he he actually shouldn't even be on this list because I said outside the first round. He actually was a first round pick. Twenty sixteen, fourth round pick Dak Prescott. Twenty fourteen, second round pick, pick Jimmy G. Second round pick. Uh, Derek Carr. Okay, I see. I I appreciate what you did here. 2012 third round pick Russell Wilson, third round pick Nick Foles, fourth round pick uh Kirk Cousins. So I'm let me disregard Lamar Jackson because he went in the first round. So since 
20 since 2012, right? There have only been, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six guys that I would consider quality quarterbacks that have gotten drafted outside of the first round. And I say that to say, first of all, I say that to say that this by by that measure, by that metric, that this probably was, was one of the smartest quarterback draft, like one of the smartest quarterback drafting ever ding, that we've seen. Ding. That we've seen in a long time. And it just has not paid off to reach is to to reach for quarterbacks. This is why you don't reach for a quarterback. Like it's very to me that concept. I've never understood why teams could not grasp that concept. And that and Rob, that wasn't. I didn't like. Do you know how many first round picks I, that I looked over that who were who were just, just garbage? I, I agree with this assessment so much. Keep just keep going. I could no, not. I agree. Mean, it was. It was, I could it was, not it was agree. Keep going. Just keep going. Preach. It was. Preach, it was bro. very. It was very fascinating because preach. I'm looking at that, and then I'm looking at how many. Like how many fucking first round quarterbacks who were just god awful? I mean, god awful. I mean, we're talking Trubisky's. We're talking about like Geno Smith. We're, talking, we're not. I don't think Geno Smith was first round actually. But there are a number of just first round dudes that you like that. Some of them are even are not even. We go back to Geno Toretta, right? Geno Toretta, like. 80s, 49ers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like uh, littered. Yeah. yeah, no, it's littered. Litt- I mean, the, the fucking Heath Shuler out of from my from my team back oh, in the day. God. I forgot about Heath Shuler. Oh God, wow. Heath Shuler, the great oh, Heath Shuler. Oh, oh, I remember that. That was painful. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Yeah. Not a lot of fan of I was just like, ooh, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. So the point is, is like, it's really, I think like, yeah, it's very hard. I mean, it's like, it's an inexact science in terms of drafting a quarterback, but it's, you know what, you know what this, you know what this exercise made me, you know what this exercise made me realize that it's actually not as hard as they, as, as people make it out to be, to be honest with you. If you don't make the guy more than he is. Yes. Not hard at all. It's like, oh, nope, he's not that good. No, he's not so, going to magically develop these skills. So, in no, training camp. like, let me give you. All right, I'll give you a, I'll give you a perfect example of a recent one that went that that everybody was just just went gaga over. Miss Trubisky out of North Carolina, mm-hmm. he had made like a handful of college starts. I mean, a handful out of out of North Carolina, not basketball North Carolina, football North Carolina, mm-hmm. which is not to, which I don't know, not known as a hotbed football place. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Nope. You reach for this guy, and I'm like, what? So we're reaching for, huh? What? This is this is why Chicago Bears have never had a quarterback since forever. Mitch Trubisky, like we could, we could have saw it. We saw that coming a mile away. Like he, he had they, don't, they don't do quarterbacks in Chicago. That's not no, they don't do no, they don't. They don't. That's not a thing for them. No, they don't. They don't do quarterbacks. But I, I, like, like, like if, if you look, if you look, at, I, if you look at all, if you look at a lot of first round busts, I guarantee you could say a lot of you probably should, you probably should have saw it coming. Probably should have saw it coming over 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 the over over the course of of, of NFL history, a recent NFL. Finally, <coughs> excuse me. So. This was a very fascinating exercise. Um, no, I definitely want to chime in on this. Go ahead, no, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm done. I'm done. Go ahead. I definitely want to chime in on this. Um, 
I, like I said, I could not concur more of a fear statement at all. I could not agree more with this. Um, it has always been shit. My favorite one is Christian Palm Ponder. I just would I could not believe they I couldn't believe it. It just like what? And it's just like it is total reach all the time. It's total reach. And um it was like this. So the, the thing that I enjoy, like when you first brought up this topic and then you first introduced it right now, the thing that came up into my mind was just finally teams just did it smarter this time. If the guy's not there, he's not there. Don't create a guy from someone that is there that doesn't exist. And all the time you, I mean, the, the draft experts and the type, you know, all, everybody would just make the jokes like, yep, we know how it's going to go. We're, there's going to be a full season of tape on this guy. Then he's going to get to the combine. He'll do something, throw a little bit longer or run a little bit faster. And, and then now everybody will explode over, over him. I think there's two paths to this, right? One path is um, you you got a guy, you got measurables and intangibles da, 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 that you've identified as an organization and you draft that guy. Cool. You draft him wherever. Cool. Or you admit to yourself, that guy's a project. I think over a couple years, we'll be able to develop him here. Yep. But we're going to draft him in a position where he's an effing project. Yep. Not, not third, fourth pick overall, seventh pick overall. I think Minnesota had the ninth pick that year, something like that. Seventh yep. or ninth pick um, that year. It's just like, no, that's insanity. You're going over a player who's much more talented and practice in their particular skill position over this person who either doesn't exist and you just want them to be that, or you want to admit to yourself that they're a project and you're drafting way too high. So to me, it was just like, finally, NFL teams were smart this one. It was obvious to got me. I mean, it might have to be just like, Knock you in the head, obvious, fine, whatever. But at the very least, at least for one draft, they took the cue that said they're not this good. Right. And we're not going to reach for them. Nope. So I really appreciated that. I've always gone by the theory when, it, when it's come to quarterbacks. If I don't feel like this guy is a potential franchise quarterback. I'm not taking him in the first round. Nope. Period. If he doesn't knock me off my like, if he if, if I don't feel like this guy is a potential franchise to championship quarterback, we know and we know their levels. They're franchise. They're like Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck. Peyton Manning. Those are easy. But there are also guys who were not as talent as good as those guys who were also friends who had franchise level talent. Like Stafford had franchise level talent. Take it number one. No problem with it. There are other guys as well that fall in that category, but it's not—it's really not as hard as they make it out to be. It's really like either either that guy is it or he's not. If we—if I had to talk myself into taking this guy, no, no, you like it's not. I'm not doing it. Like there, there was there was talk that Malik that Willis from Tennessee was going to be people. He there were talks that he was, could be a top ten pick. I was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? I, like, yeah. Top yeah. ten. Stop. 
Yeah, stop. Everybody stop. <laughs> and I, I I just knew honestly, I knew somebody was gonna reach. So it was Yeah, I, I'm surprised. I'm actually I'm pleasantly surprised. shocked. I'm pleasantly yeah, surprised. Pleasant I'm pleasantly surprised. shocked. It really was. It really was. I knew a quarterback was gonna go in the top ten. Yes. Somebody was gonna do something weird and crazy and just desperate. Yep. Yeah. No, it, it like I said, it this was this was one of the from that stand, from a quarterback standpoint. This was one of the smartest drafts in that I can remember in recent memory. It, like we've seen, like I said, we've seen quarterback reaches in particular, especially in the last five to six years. It's been like, huh? What? I I pretty much I I watched a lot of college football. I don't think that he yeah he's nice in this system. He's pretty good, but. NFL first round potential franchise guy, nah, nah. You can wait for him in the second round, or maybe even possibly the third round. All right, who won the week for you? Uh Georgia is a great pick. It really is a great pick. Georgia is a great pick. I mean, I've been watching so much NBA basketball. Yeah, um, it's hard for me not to go there. And so um, I think I'm just going to go who won the week. The basketball, car- basketball karma won the week. Oh, uh, good one. Yeah. Between, between what happened to Brooklyn and what's going on with Philly and other things, I, I, I think basketball karma won the week. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, if you didn't hear us here earlier, of course, Georgia had 15 players drafted. Yeah, 15, that's that's a really which, good. Yeah, that's, like that's it's been, I mean, it's been a great it's been a great year for Georgia football. Like you win the national championship over Alabama, your dreaded, hated rival who you could who you could never beat in the big spot, and you have bragging rights over LSU and Alabama as far as like, hey, we you've never had this many players drafted. So yeah. hey, like that is like yeah, Curry Smart is you know. Living a good life right now. He's, yeah, nah, he winning. He definitely he's winning. winning. You can't tell Curry. You can't tell Curry smart. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, right uh, you slay that dragon. You, you, you win. You win. Because that was a big dragon I knew they were gonna have a lot of defensive guys, but I didn't like. I was like, whoa, fifth. I like when I heard I heard that. I was like fifteen. I like damn. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah, this um, I had Georgia winning the week. Um, but the bat like that, like, yeah, the, the basketball comment definitely was, was a was one of the winners. Um, that like this is how the like it, 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 it was going. Like I said to your to your earlier point, it's going to force the NBA, the NBA to kind of shift how things are done. Also leading to, um, we mentioned his last podcast about we we actually want players to play for yeah. to get paid to play for pay. Like we we actually want like you you get paid we actually want you on the court. Like, how about that? How about it that? It would concept? be helpful. That would be helpful. So yeah, I like so there. You know it it has to get worse before it gets better, but this, it's something that needed to. It's something that had to happen. Like the way the way things were going. You know you know these low management and you know the super teams it was it was going it was going to destroy the league to be honest with you it was really it was going to destroy the league so you know every so often things have to kind of be reset and you know 
and uh, redone again. That's gonna, we we mentioned this earlier last uh, last podcast. There's there's going to be the owners are licking their chops right now. Like they're ready for for war in terms of this, like this this Ben Simmons thing and the paper. They 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 are this, this shit is about to stop. They like this. Yeah, we're not paying you to sit on the bench. Like this is this is going to stop. So, uh, it'll be for the best. Um. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. As always, thanks for Robert Sapp for joining me. I know he enjoyed the uh, Cole Strange and the New England oh, Patriots. That was a welcome <laughs> surprise. That was a welcome surprise. I enjoyed that thoroughly. And we'll continue to enjoy the New England yes, misery as their fans just have to just, you know. Yes, sit in this. They have to yeah. join reality. They have to join real life. Real, yeah, real life. Welcome to welcome to the real yeah. world. All right, Mr. Sap, take it light. All right, you have a good one. All right, that's going to wrap it up. This latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Uh, we'll have this podcast. I will have this podcast up later on this evening. Um, enjoy the NBA action. Enjoy the rest of your evening. This podcast, of course, was sponsored by by All Calculated Measures. Shout out to Adrian McDonald and his clothing line. Um, you can check it out on at my. Um, I put it up on my Instagram page um, when it, when I um, after one of my posts. So again, enjoy your evening um, and the rest of your week. I'll see you next time.